Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is your How to Bet NBA Sides episode of the offseason. On today's show, obviously, no best bets because there are no games, but we're going to talk about how to bet the NBA. We're going to go through the process of betting it, whether it's from you know playing the spot, playing the situation, looking at trends, how to evaluate home court, incorporating a model, playing off of motivation, rest spots, all of that. We're going to talk about it all on today's show. And a reminder that everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. You get up to the second information where the bets and money are coming in. You get all of our great information. All of our articles are in there as well. You can track every bet under the sun from sides to totals to props to everything. Futures in there as well. I've got a full slate of futures set in the Action Network app. You can check those out. All of our podcasts are in there as well. So you can check out not only this show, but as you get ready for football season, big bets on campus. With Stucky, Colin, and the crew. Great, great, great podcast. Cannot recommend Big Bets on Campus enough. The Action Network podcast covering NFL all throughout the week. You got Brandon Anderson over there covering NFL, as well as Jill Gallant. You got Stucky and Ray Bomb with the six pack. All sorts of great stuff over there. Check it out in the Action Network app. Joining me today to talk NBA sides. First, Sean Little on Twitter at Chicago Flow. Sean, my man, how's your summer going? Maddie, what's going on? Everything is good. Looking forward uh, to getting back to work, to be completely honest. I've done everything I needed to do this summer, caught tons of sun, jumped in plenty of water, lake, pool, ready to get back to business. Also join me back from Vegas, where he has been for a, a significant portion of time, uh, <laughs> has, has seen the warm sun, that's an understatement, of Las Vegas, been by the pool for quite a while. Jay, how was Vegas? It was absolutely great. Made some money, uh, celebrated my birthday, but back home and it's back to business now. Well, happy belated birthday, man. Glad you got to enjoy it. Guys, let's start here. Uh, there are, I think when you're evaluating size in the NBA, there's a reason why this is a tough sport to crack. Like this has mm-hmm. never been like one of the favorites of various pro betters. There's a lot of variants. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of factors. Uh, the randomness of the end of games can be absolutely painful it does make for, I think, a really thrilling one. If you love basketball, I, I can't imagine loving anything more than betting the NBA. Um, Sean, I want to start with you. When you're looking at a game, at the slate on any given night, what's the first thing when you're looking to identify a game to bet? What is your starting spot for identifying a side? Yeah, we cannot understate how difficult it is to bet the NBA on a daily basis. 
I have tons of respect for Jay Money and what he does. He puts in a lot more volume than me. He comes out with the show every day and, and breaks it down. For me, I the first thing I'm looking for is there a spot even worth looking at on the board? So that could mean a lot of different things. It could be something that I've been looking at for a couple of days. It could be something that some news broke that's happening earlier that day that now makes me uh, essentially look at that game. For example, I think a perfect, great spot example for me in, what, in a game that really piqued my interest, I'm going to go to WNBA, Las Vegas Aces, New York Liberty. Now, they played three times this month. The first game, if, if, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you're locked in on WNBA. You know Las Vegas Aces are clear, far and away, the best team in the WNBA. Now, they were playing the New York Liberty three times this month. In the first matchup, Liberty won the game in New York by 38. Two weeks later, they have a two-game set in three days. The Liberty win that game in Vegas by 19. That's their second home loss for the Las Vegas Aces the entire year. Then two days later, they play the Liberty, play the Aces again in Vegas. I am automatically have peak interest in this game. We we know about the revenge spot. We know about we we know about the different things. But I also want to back a really good team, which I know the Aces are. They're now coming off two straight losses. Then they get to play again at home, where they only have two losses all year. That's a number opened at Aces minus five. I'm automatically looking at a way to get some money down on the Aces in that spot. So I'm only looking, my initial thing when I'm looking at the board and looking at the market in general, specifically in the NBA, and and for me personally, across all sports, is there a spot even worth looking at? Because in my opinion, it is so extremely difficult. If you're going to sit on your couch and try to bet NBA five, six nights a week, multiple games, it's really difficult to beat. So I'm looking for a spot that's even worth is it even worth my time to even start digging in to things? So that's what I'm looking for first. I'm looking for a spot. I'm looking for injuries, travel, rest. The For NBA, I'm looking at how that team has looked the last five to seven games. I typically want to get a mix and match of home and away games. And that seven-game stretch usually gives gives you those things. If I can find a spot that I that I like, that's when I'll start digging into the analytics and determining if I if this is a good spot to bet. And if I can find the right price, I think looking for the spot is really important there. I think one of the things that you said here is I think key. This is a betting podcast, so it's not like we're like don't bet. The point though, I think, <laughs> is that you need to be selective, right? This is not a hey, let's kind of spray the board. I don't think that the NBA is a spray the board sport. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay's got when Jay bets, Jay's got feelings. Like Jay bets behind conviction. I've never heard Jay been like. You know, I don't know, but I guess I'll put, no, he's like, I'm in, this is the play, right? Um, For me, one of the things that really improved my ROI last season, I had my best season in action last year, was very specifically, I started looking at, does this qualify under three things that I'm looking at? I want, I'm looking at playing the number, I'm looking at playing the spot, and uh, I'm looking at playing the trend. So I need those three things to be in my favor. And you're always going to be able to pull out some stats, some number, some matchup, something that's going to be able to pull against you. But I start with a model and I've got a projection based off of half court and transition numbers. Mine spits out a power rating that essentially tells me how much do I think this team is better than an average team on neutral court? Okay. Take the difference between the two teams. That's your base power rating. You apply home court, which we'll get to in a minute. 
And that gets me a number. All right. So that's my first indication is like, what's the number differential here? Mm-hmm. Like, do I have an, have an edge based off of what I, what my numbers think this number should be? Cause I'll do manual adjustments on these two. Like if it's a, if my numbers are at a 5.6 and I'm like, I don't know, they've been playing lights out for the last two months and they dipped early in the season. I'm bumping them up to a six. Like you make manual adjustments based off of where you think these teams are at, or at least that's how I go about it. The next thing is like the spot. Okay, well, I've got this this number at five and it's three and a half. What's the rest spot? Are they home? Are they away? Is it back to back or is it three and four nights? I cover the league enough to know like, oh, you know, I, I was reading the beat writer the other day and he was tweeting about how um, they were really wrecked after getting into the last game at three o'clock in the morning. And they did, they have, they got travel delayed and now that game was a mess. And now they're traveling again. Like this team is ready to go home. Okay. That's a spot for me to maybe stay away. I'm looking for reasons not to to bet sometimes. Like there's there's always going to be a number of, of bets on the board. Like you look at a Wednesday and you got 12 games. There's always like, ooh, like that number. Ooh, I like that spot. But go through the process of identifying what are these things. And then the trends are, the, are kind of my last thing where the trends either going to be like, hey, it really likes this spot. So you've got extra motivation to bet it. Or it's going to be, hey, the spot teams in this spot have not done well. And all those kind of factors, along with like matchup, sometimes I'll just be like, look, this team struggles versus any team that plays at the level of the screen. You'll hear me talk about that a lot on buckets throughout the season. How does this team play pick and roll? How does this team play in transition? How does this team, can they space the floor enough? Are they going to have a math problem? Those matchups are where it kind of, those are edges that go into the base thinking. But I do try and find reasons a little bit to question myself and be like, do you really want to make this bet? And if I get through all that and it's like, yeah, no, this is still a good play. Let's fire. Uh, Jay, as far as you go, what's your starting place for finding value to bet? Well, my first starting place is, well, first off, I want to say if you're betting the NBA, I mean, there's 82 games a season for for each team. There's games on every single night, probably one of the longest um, seasons in sports, right? Obviously the same as hockey, uh, well, other than baseball. But regardless of that, you have to stay locked in. If you're trying to bet the NBA every day, it's not something that you really want to leave for two weeks and then come back. You have to stay locked in. You have to know what's going on and be top of be on top of what the teams are going through from uh, from, from day to day because like uh, Matt and Alou to there could be uh, travel issues there could be problems in the locker room so my one of the main things I would say is motivation especially early in the season where you find some teams that have real championship aspirations they're not really locked in early season they know that it's a that it's a long season whereas some of those uh the bad teams the bottom of the league they're they don't know that they're bad yet so they're coming to play early season I always like to say motivation is a really strong factor that's also not necessarily accounted in the point spread so I think that's what why I found success with bidding the NBA, I try to find factors that affect the game that are not uh, built into the point spread or that everyone's not looking at. That's why I like to look at like seven or eight different angles. So I would say motivation. Obviously, you have to go with the spot as well, which is a little bit different in early season, but motivation, the spot, Listening to beat, uh, listening to beat writers, post game interviews, all those things can really make you a ton of money betting the NBA on a night to night basis. Yeah, the motivation angle, we talk about that a lot on the show. And there is an approach that I, I am not going to, I'm not saying to go against this at all. I think you can, if you are lightning quick, if you have notifications turned on to Fantasy Labs NBA or any of the other accounts out there, that if when they pop out the injury update and you get ahead of that news, you can find value. If you're just betting uh, Joel Embiid's out and 
is is going to sit tonight and the line hasn't moved yet, you get that bet in before now it's getting harder and harder to do that. Books are getting mm-hmm. way, way better at identifying that information and seeing that stuff coming. And in many cases, especially with the Sixers in particular, like they won't even give you a line. <laughs> if there's questions, they're just like, no, it's the Sixers. You're not, we're not going to let you find out whether or not we're not going to let you bet this before we know. Um, but if you're able to get ahead of news, you can bet that reliably. I find that one of my problems is I've seen enough instances of it varying team to team, player to player. Like I'm working mm-hmm. right now on uh, an estimation to try and get actual player value, a spread value based off of some of the numbers that I trust. And I've talked about dunks and threes a lot. They've got expected wins added. I'm going to be talking about that a lot this season. I've converted that to a spread uh, number than actual impact. Now it's contextual, right? Because it's not just Joel Embiid's out. Okay. So he's worth six points to the spread because I don't know if you know this, but Joel's pretty good. One MVP, six points to the spread. How much is our Montrez Harrell, Paul Reed, you know, when Trez was healthy, Paul Reed, the backup centers, how much are those guys worth to the spread as well? Because that differential between where MB was in there also matters. But we talked about like the motivational spot, man, that is such a big deal in the NBA. There are teams that you get up for. Um, mm-hmm. An example of this would be pretty much any time the team faces the Lakers. You will like, you want to beat the Lakers because they're the Lakers and you watch Kobe and you watch the importance of them. So getting your your face on that level of performance, I think is a really big deal for these guys. The, the Nuggets have always gotten up for the Lakers games. They don't get up for the Pistons on a Wednesday in January. Like the difference in those games matters a lot, but sometimes there are personal stuff, whether like, here's a good one. Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham have had a rivalry forever going back to AAU. Like those guys have played against each other. They know each other. They're not like enemies. But like there, like there's a little bit of a rivalry there. So those guys get up for those games against each other. It's those little spots I think that matter in finding this. Um, so Jay, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit more about that. What are the key spots in terms of motivation that you're looking to find? That's another thing. It's kind of like you just have to you have to know the teams. I mean, it's not that you can can't come into this not knowing how to bet, but uh, when it when you're like serious about trying to make money, I mean, you can do research. It's one of those things where you have to do some research even over the off season. You have to see which players are going to new teams, right? Um, uh, look look at their Twitter accounts, their Instagram accounts. Like you like you can find out little info and little uh, different different um, like I say information on how to bet these teams, knowing when to bet. Them as well so uh, motivation is just like you said and it's going to matter b- between the spread as well if the nuggets are playing the lakers it's going to be a small spread but if they're playing the pistons they're going to be laying like 11 and a half but that's actually the time that you want to fade them so like i say uh, looking at the spots looking at motivation it's crazy because with the injuries now man uh, you actually have to go the other way if Embiid is out for whatever reason it's great over the past a uh, couple of years the teams actually let down they actually think that the game is going to be easy so that's the main thing then I could say if you if you're staying locked in on the NBA, uh, keeping up with every team, then you you kind of um, figure out what you need to do yourself. In my opinion, like it, it sometimes it just comes to you. In my opinion, that's what. But if you stay locked in, though, right? So uh, compare the lines, look at spots. I know rest advantage, man. Rest advantage didn't mean as lot uh, that much last year, but I still think it's something that makes a ton of sense. If teams aren't getting their uh, their right amount of sleep, or if they're tired, or if it's the, it's the last game. 
of a four or five game road trip, they're going to be running on fumes. I play basketball, so maybe it's a little easier for me to get into the mindset of the players, but um, it's it's really tough sometimes when you're running on fumes or your fourth game and fourth game is six nights all in a row. It's just an absolute horrible spot um, that I would fade every single time, man. So my big my biggest three is still staying locked in, uh, looking at the motivation, and then looking at the spots. Uh, you can look. Uh, you can look back like three games or you can look ahead as well. It's one thing. It's the last thing I'll say. It's one thing that people really don't do. They don't look ahead of the schedule. If mm-hmm. the team is playing the Denver Nuggets, the, the defending champs, the next game, they're going to be looking ahead to that spot. So I feel like that's something that nobody ever does. And I can kind of look out to a game that's like a week in advance and say, you know what? I like the spot for this team um, because it sometimes it just sets up that way. You can find letdown spots. You can find step up spots, look ahead spots. So um, it's it's one of the part of things of staying locked in. You can check their previous history, like uh, Sean said, looking at past five games, which current form definitely matters. But also if you look into the future, you can also find some great spots as well. Yeah, the look-ahead spots are popular in the NFL, right? But you've got like a week in advance of those kind of games. Versus mm-hmm. That's one of the things in the NBA. The guys will say this. They're just like, yep, just another game tomorrow. Like They oftentimes do not know who they're playing the next game. But if there's like a big one scheduled, they'll be like, mm-hmm. hey, like I've heard this in the locker room. I've heard, hey, when are we playing Boston? And they're like, that's Wednesday. <laughs> And then the guy was like, the guy, when I heard this conversation was like, what's today? And he's like, it's Sunday. Okay. So we're playing this team tonight and then we won't play Boston until Wednesday. Yeah. And then like that team went out and got killed because, you know, of number of factors, but like amongst them probably is like, they're looking forward to that next game. Mm -hmm. I think the actual, the letdown is a huge thing where you, after you play a huge game and you get a big national TV win and you saw it was a close one and they're way up. And then the two days later, it's Orlando. It, there's just these spots. Draymond Green said this on a podcast and it was like really indicative. It was proof of this concept that we all see in the NBA. If you bet it nightly, he said, you expect me with this engine to get up for the Kings on a Tuesday, which is really funny because they almost lost to the Kings in the playoffs. But like (laughs) with Draymond, the point though is relevant here of when you've, when you were at a championship level, especially if you've had playoff success, Finding motivation when you've been in game six, do or die, close it out, got to get out of this game. Those spots, finding the same level of motivation in year eight for um, Charlotte in a a Tuesday in January is tough. And that makes it really difficult. Sean, I want to ask you this. Um, How do you go about evaluating? I want to talk about the number for a second before we get into some of the details here. How do you go about evaluating the number? Because we've talked about like finding spots. We've talked about finding opportunities, but how do you kind of figure out whether the number is good for you or not? Yeah, really quick. I just want to comment on a couple of the things that you said before I get into the price and the number. Matt, you're 100% dead on, and we both talk about this all the time. Teams that don't necessarily value the regular season are the teams you may want to look into and, and dig a little deeper when some of these numbers get too long. For example, if you go back to the Milwaukee Bucks when they won the title, they were third in the East, and I, I want to say they had 48 wins, somewhere around the uh, the upper 40s. And the two years prior, they were number one in the East. Budenholzer came in. They were 60 wins, 60 wins. They took the regular season extremely seriously, mm-hmm. and that starts to taper off. So the one of my favorite plays coming into the year this year is the Cavs. Regular season over, I think they're a 50-plus win basketball team on a big motivation, on not having that playoff success on Donovan Mitchell being the second year 
uh, with the Cavs on Evan Mobley and Jared Allen having poor playoff performances. I think they're going to have tons of motivation to come and improve themselves that they're one of the best teams in the East. They're going to take the regular season a lot more seriously than teams like the Boston Celtics. So we'll start there. Going back to what Jay was saying, when Jay says lock in, he's talking about watching the games and really paying attention to what's going on on a daily basis all season long. Nothing is ever, I don't care how many articles you read, I don't care what numbers you break down, I don't care about any of that. You're not going to get as much information from that stuff if you do not watch the games and pay attention to what's going on on a day-to-day basis. That's how you stay locked in. That's how a lot of these numbers start to make sense. And that's why when Jay is talking about spots, quote-unquote, appearing, if you're locked in and paying attention and you know the analytics and you know the stats, you'll see the board and be like, I really like this spot Mm -hmm. for the Nets in Atlanta. So always watch the games and stay plugged in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And one more thing. When we talk about trends, the only thing I use trends for is to pique my interest. Hmm. If I hear a trend and I say, ooh, that sounds really interesting. The Clippers haven't lost three home games in a row since Kawhi Leonard and Paul George got to the team. That's I just made that I just made that trend up. But though when I hear something like that or just any trend in general that piques my interest, that's when I start to dig around and see, hey. Do I actually think this is the spot here? Do I think there's any credence to this trend? Going back to prices, I would say, number one, first thing, you have to have some type of odd screen that you're looking at to compare numbers across as many books as you possibly can get your hands on. There's a Which lot you can of buy on the Action Network app. Inclu- and I was just gonna- <laughs> Which you can buy on the Action Network app and actionnetwork.com. <laughs> yes, including the Action Network. <laughs> go, get, go get an account. Log in. They'll, there's tons of information in just looking at the board and what the prices are across across the way. I'm not a model guy. I'm not an algorithm mathematician guy. I don't have a personal model at home, but I have friends that do. I may come up with a number or think this price is too expensive or too short, and I'll talk to those guys, and we'll compare and go through and we talk. I think a big thing when you're if you're taking betting seriously, you have to be talking about it and communicating with guys that are taking it seriously on a day to day, week to week basis. You'll start to sharpen up spots purely on just communicating about numbers and about prices. And honestly, if I come across a price, if I so step one for me was trying to find a spot that I think is even interesting, even worth looking at. Then when we start talking about prices. I'm coming up with my own number, talking through that number with different people. And then if I find that number, say I like the Bulls minus five, I, I, I would, I essentially, when I say be, pick my own number and come up with my own number, it's essentially me. Uh, I guess it's my internal model that I say, hey, mm-hmm. I would like the Chicago Bulls at this price. I would take the Bulls tonight at minus four. Maybe that number hasn't hasn't come out yet. Whatever. That's that's typically the when the conversation gets really good. The, the number's mm-hmm. not posted yet. I'm having a conversation about hey, I'll, if the if the Bulls come out here minus four, minus four and a half, I like them in this spot. Then when that number comes out and it's minus three, then I'm really looking at trying to find the best price. 
Now you might there might be a three and a half at minus one ten. There might be a minus three at minus one fifteen. That's when you kind of have to decide and determine what you think if that half point is worth the extra five cents. But that's what I'm doing when I'm looking at prices. I'm trying to come up with a number that I would bet when that number is then released. I'm comparing it across the board across multiple different sports books, just like you can do in the Action Network app. And then I'm trying to find the best price. I can I don't understand this. There for whatever reason in sports betting, I don't know if people are lazy or whatever it is, but I, my mother, we can start we can talk about my mom. My mom likes to grocery shop and find loves to coupon and find the best price, right? She will drive 30 minutes the opposite direction for where she has to go to save a dollar 50 on an item. She will burn up $5 in gas. To save one fifty on an item, just because it makes her feel better. But for whatever reason, sports betters will not open up an app that's right next mm-hmm. to the other app in the same folder, because I don't know why. Always try to find the best price whenever you lock in your play, because over the long haul, it really, really starts to add up. If you're betting NBA every night, you're going to be betting a lot. Even if you're betting it weekly. Mm-hmm. Right, you pick a couple spots every week over the course of a six-month season, and that's before the playoffs. You're if you're paying that extra five cents on the vig, if you're taking that extra half point, you're paying that extra half point versus what you could be. That adds up. Like that's a whole as a large premise of what the Action Network app is built to do. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jay, I really mm-hmm. want to get your thoughts on this because I'm very interested in this from, from okay. your perspective. Because you were dynamite last season. Plays were what we started calling. I I said once I was like, man, the red hot Jay, and you're like, that's how I always am. So we started calling <laughs> you regular temperature Jay. <laughs> always hot, always 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 hot compared to everybody else. Um, but I'm really curious as far as you, how do you get to? Is it just an intuition thing? And that's okay. Like there are successful sports bettors that are just like no, like they just bet by feel. They know the numbers. You know the market enough. You're going to be able to recognize like, whoa, no, 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 like that that number is too high. That number is mm-hmm. too low. How do you go about evaluating whether a number is good or not? Well, I will tell you, a lot of it is intuition, but a lot of times I'll kind of just start off like, all right, who's going to win? Simply put, I don't care if someone's a plus five underdog. If I feel like they're going to win the game, obviously I'm going to take those the points with that team. So the biggest thing to me is basically figuring out figuring out who's the in the best spot to win this game. Some of it, a lot of it comes from watching the games as well, where a, a number can come out like that's the power rating, that's the book's power rating. But if you're watching the games, then you know for a fact that this team may not be that good or they may not be that locked in at that point of time. So that's where the intuition comes in from watching the games, maybe because I feel like maybe everyone doesn't watch the game. Maybe even all the odds makers may just spit out numbers like, all right, look, you can't be watching this because there's no way this team should be laying double digits. So you do somewhat have to kind of make 
your own number, whether whether that's a model, whether it's in your head, because it's crazy. A lot of my models are like literally just built into my brain. Like they're just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just built like that. I just, I just see it a different way, uh, but not really through the number. So you just kind of have to have what's the right number. If a team is laying 12, 13 points, you're like, I kind of feel like it should be around nine points, right? So you could have a model. It could just go off of field, but that's kind of how I like to look at it. Now, this is the thing about the NBA. Different spots can sway those lines or sway the 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 line that they should be laying, in my opinion, right? If they're on a back to back, obviously it's gonna be accounted for in the books. But if they're if they're a West Coast team on the East Coast and think little things like that where it's not accounted for in the line, that's where I kind of make my own um line right there, man. So it's it's kind of all over the place, but I, I kind of check like eight boxes um before I'm before I'm making a bet. A lot of it is intuition. What do I personally think the line? should be I have to look at the spot i have to look at the uh, the city that they just played in the team that they just played right they could be just they could just play a fast-paced team now they're playing a slower paced team that's for like total guys and stuff as well so there's a i feel like you could never find uh, you can never look at enough angles when it comes to bidding nba looking at matchups right i like to look at matchups matt uh sean if the uh, if the someone's playing Jordan b playing the sixers and they don't really have a big man Right, that can that's type of stuff like that that's not going to be in the line where it's strictly matchup like they're going to get killed inside, right? So it's I, there's like there's probably ten to twelve different factors that I would look at betting the NBA. Uh, there's a ton of them, but you definitely want to try to like before the lines even come out, you want to try to make your own line. That's some of the best advice that I've gotten um, from older cappers or whatever. That's I'm always trying to learn, right? So I feel like that's one of the things you want to try to either use a model or try to guess what you personally feel the line should be in that on that uh, specific day. Yeah, I think that's really important, and you know, kind of when you start looking at a game, I would say look at the even if you don't like you don't have to mess with the model, that's okay. Action Network does have projection for you. You can use that. In the mm-hmm. app. But <laughs> one thing you can do also is like like Jay said, just what do you think the number is? You need to have a number comparison. Because if you're like, well, I think this is probably four, and it's four and a half. You got a half point of value. Okay. It's within range. But like, I don't know. There's like a ton of value there. If it's spot on, if you're like, I make it four, it's four. Why bet it? Like that number's right. So that gives you, again, we're talking about ideas of reasons to maybe stay away from what is a pretty tricky sport to find only the opportunities that are choice for you. Like that's kind of the idea here is um, much like Sean's mom, you want to be able to, to shop around not only for the best price, yeah. but you want to get that best product too. Like you want to be able to make sure that you're getting the choices cuts from whatever that night's slate is. A um, couple of things here. We mentioned like the rest advantage and stuff like that. Uh, there's been, this is anecdotal. Okay. I've talked to bookmakers and they're like, that's about what we have it. Two and a half is usually the dock on a back-to-back. That's usually the the, the dock on the, the spread uh, if a team is on a back-to-back. So if they're a five-point dog and they're on a back-to-back, it goes to seven and a half. That's high in a lot of instances. Like that's a little extreme, I think, for depending on the spot because you have to consider it's like, that's part of a larger equation of what if the other team's really injured? What if the other team's also on a back-to-back? What if the other team's on a three and four? All of these mm-hmm. things kind of kind of translate together. I think that that's a little bit of ex- extreme in general. Uh, and especially, here's a good example of why you need to be careful with, with trying to, to not contextually layer things and try and find, interrogate these things to the fullest. So last season, all right, if you were at home, and you were on a back-to-back, but both games were at home. 
So you played at home, and on the next night, you played at home on a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. 60% straight up, 56.5% against the spread. So that's clearly over our, our marker for profitability. You got 57%, essentially, if you're on a back-to-back at home with both, ga- both games at home, right? It's much different than if you're on the road. That's where the difference kind of comes into. So you got to be able to, to apply some of these types of things. What's about home court? These numbers can be wild. The best example of this, I think, is the Eastern Conference Finals, where we were literally seeing like nine point flips. It was, it was like Heat minus one would be the closing line in Game Six or Game Four. And then Boston was minus nine in game five. Like the flips were extreme. As a base marker, I will tell you that like last season, I have it average for the, for the, for the entire league for it to be about two and a half points for the home team. So a good way to do this. I do this with NFL too, where I've got four and a half because home courts kind of, or home fields kind of decreased over the last couple of years, but you can flip a line five points and ask yourself if that sounds right. So if the Nuggets are playing the Suns and they are four and a half point favorites at home, if you flip that five points and it's now Suns minus one, does that sound right to you at home? What do you think the Suns should be a, a point favorite at home? I would, by the way, immediately be like, no, they should be more. So this line, this line is too high. I want to probably bet the Suns, depending on the situation. Um, that's a good like starting point for this. But it should be noted, again, one of the reasons I built a model is I want to know what's the individual home court difference. So I have home court ratings for everybody. And some of these were extreme last year. Uh, Denver's home court, I've got it four. Golden State's is almost as much. So you're talking about a Golden State to Denver flip being like eight points of value based off of their performance at home that season. You may want to ignore that. That's up to you because you may be like, I don't care about how they played this season. I want a more stable number. But you need to decide on some level, whether you're building a model or you're just doing this in your head, how much you think home court is worth. Sean, I want to get your thoughts on home court and how you kind of evaluate that into when you're capping a game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you need to determine, because we know what happened last year with Golden State on the road. They're there just wasn't a time. You know, you want to talk about trying to find a spot to bet them on the road. It was almost impossible, right? Yeah. And the, the same thing with the the flip in the Eastern Conference Finals. Trying to handicap the Boston Celtics that were a mental case was impossible. And that was the numbers that we were seeing. It's like, I guess we have to make this minus nine in Boston. But yeah, Matt's dead on. You have to come up with, with how valuable you think a specific home court advantage is. The Warriors' home court is a lot more valuable than the Chicago Bulls' home court. Same thing with Denver and and other teams. Now, to go back to what Matt mentioned earlier about the Lakers, they're going to get everybody's best punch. So that home court might not be as high. And they're also going to be on national television Mm -hmm. two times a week. So that's when it starts to get really interesting. You need to determine how valuable you think a specific team's home court is and then come up with a number via that. 
to piggyback off of that, the Lakers I've got at basically around even last right. season for the the average for home court. It was a pretty right. average home court for a pretty good team. Like there are teams that are going to perform worse at home because their crowd hates them. The Knicks were that for half the season last year where they were absolutely dog shit at home. Jay, you got thoughts on home court and how to evaluate it? I still think it's somewhere around three points, personally. Um, I think it's one of those, I mean, not for the Warriors or the Nuggets. I'd almost go as high as five, to be honest with you. Obviously, the Nuggets have the altitude. Uh, when you have packed arenas as well, uh, that, that means a lot. But with the altitude, I mean, you, it doesn't really matter in Utah much more. But it, I don't know. It could. It, home court is one of those things that I kind of have to evaluate maybe mid-season. Because no matter what happened the previous season, it's all about this season, right? So that's why sometimes I don't really go back to last season. It's all about this version yeah. of this team yep. this season, this year, right? It could be injuries, all type of stuff. We saw who knew that the Warriors would be that that bad on the road and then that good at home, right? Who knew that the Kings would have such a huge home court advantage? When that place when that place was packed loud, I believe it was Clay Thompson said, like I don't I hadn't heard arena in a while um like that, like the Kings, um yep. like the Kings home court advantage was. So I think it varies from season to season, but like I feel like mid season you can really tell, all right, this team is really turning up at the house on the road, they're not good um, whatsoever. S- the stock price, I would st- still say somewhere around three, but for teams like the uh, Denver Nuggets, uh, for teams like the Warriors, and also like these teams on the West Coast playing the late night games, it like it can vary. When you're an East Coast team playing a West Coast team late night, you're used to playing at 7 o'clock Eastern, but now you're playing at 10 o'clock Eastern. That's more home court advantage for that specific game, if, if that makes sense. Like for that home team, when they're playing the East team, they have a bigger home court advantage and the same thing when an east team is at home playing a western come so i just i'm gonna t- take things game by game but if you're asking for just a stock home court for me personally I'd, i'm still sticking with three points yeah i mean there's a couple of good good points in there by jay i think one what you can do is you can take that base price of three and then you can basically just adjust it depending on what you how you evaluate their home court mm-hmm. you can pull some numbers if you want like i said like that's how i do it because i i actually what i don't what i personally don't like doing is I don't want to rely on my intuition because I'll wind up being like, oh, that crowd's awesome. But then it's like, yeah, but they're actually like not doing as well at home. Like they're actual, their net rating, they don't win by as much at home. So that's a case where it's like the data is basically like, fuck your feelings. I don't care. They're not as good at home. And I want to know that stuff when I'm incorporating it. But over the long haul, you're probably okay if you just want to be like, that's a good home court. I'm going to give them a half point. I'm going to over the, the, the standard or or more or less. I think that that's, that's all very valuable. I think also Jay kind of mentioned not relying on last season. So I've run projections on every game this season on the schedule, right? So like I have a spread right now and a total for every game right now on the NBA schedule Uh, off of that. Right. I'm not using last year's home court. I'm using my standardized two and a half because I'm just like, that's a number that I feel is stable. It reflects what I see is like a declining home court We've seen this in NFL, too, that home field is less than it used to be. I think we're seeing this Mm -hmm. kind of across sports. It's not that there aren't places, right? Like the Nuggets probably have more than a two and a half. They probably have significantly more than a two and a half. But in the event that they don't, that it's more closer to average, I want to know what that number is. So that's where I've kind of started. All my numbers are based off of a standard two and a half. And if you think I'm off and you want to do three, that's totally fine, too. Because three points is has always kind of been the standard the standard point on that. Um, but that kind of gives you an idea on it. So I'm able to look at these games and, and evaluate one. It helps because I'm able to evaluate my power rating and be like, that line is too high. So now I'm going back and being like, I want to, the Suns are a good example of this where I don't think I had the Suns high enough. Like I'm starting work on win totals 
And I've already ticked up the Suns by a half point in my power rating because when I looked at some of the spreads, I was like, I don't feel like the Suns should be that low. Now, when we get in season, I'll have numbers that will tell me whether or not those numbers were accurate or not, right? Mm-hmm. They'll tell you like, nope, they were, they were, the, your first impression was probably right. These numbers were a little high, but that's all kind of something that I had to think to figure out. Sean was talking about trends and it was a good point that he brought up about how like trying to find various situations. And we've talked about how trends are a good thing to use to find situations not to bet. There are a couple that I do like. And one of the ones that I used last season, it's been a pretty solid one I've found through the seasons because they do tend to hold from the beginning on. There's not wild flips in season, which is something I'm always kind of looking for. We'll talk about the differences over the course of the season here in a minute. Uh, This is my favorite last year, though. After you've played a certain team, which seems like a totally random spot. Like, oh, you played this team and now you're supposed to... I think it really matters. And the the key one here is on the extreme end and it's last season. And it's, this team has been great the last three seasons in terms of fading the team after they play this squad. And it's the Oklahoma city thunder last season teams were in against the spread. They were 29, 47 and five at 38% against the spread after facing OKC. 29, 47, and 5. If we go back the last three seasons, we wind up with a sub-500 record as well. You're still going to come out ahead of, of, of margin on that as well. The answer here, again, this comes from I listen and pay attention to the league, and then I try and take that stuff that I hear talked about in press conferences or with players and incorporate that into what we do. And Michael Malone last season after they played OKC was like that playing that team is like a root canal because they're disciplined. They're extremely well coached. They're tough and physical as hell. They're young. So they constantly run at you. And Shea Gilgis Alexander is a motherfucker. So that combination of factors makes OKC, I think, draining to play against. So the next game, you're a little bit gassed because you just had this game against OKC that probably you weren't expecting because nobody looks at OKC as this game that you get up for. And then you're a little bit down. That's an example of a trend that I found that I want to incorporate into this, where it's like, it, let's, it can be worked both ways. If I like fading, if I'm against a team in a spot based off of a handicap on a matchup or a number, and I look and I'm like, oh, they played OKC last week or last game, then I like it more. Versus if I like a team and I'm like, oh, I love this matchup. They always, they always do well against this team. The trend says that they're 58% against this team or this coach or whatever. But then I'm like, whoa, wait, wait. they just played OKC. That's like enough of a reason for me to pass. Mm-hmm. That's enough of a reason for me to just be like, I'm good. I'm out. Right. So John, I kind of want to talk about like trends and, and how we evaluate these opportunities to find both value and a lack of it when we're getting into these kind of situations. Can we call that the Lou Dort trend? Oh, I love so just, it. That's just great. to give Lou, let's call it the Lou Dort trend. That's why you can give my man Lou Dort some, some pump. <laughs> but yeah, you're exactly right. Like I said, when I talked about trends peaking interest, if it peaks my interest and then I dig in and I'm like, I want nothing to do with that, that's when you fall back and, and you start to look for a different spot if there is another one. So yeah, 100%, Matt, you're, you're dead on. You hear some of these trends and you hear some of these spots, that's when you really feel confident about a play. I hear mm-hmm. this trend piques my interest. Let me dig into the numbers. I like this matchup. I like their transition defense versus their pace. I like that they have played three games in four days. 
This is the this is their fourth game in six days. I like that spot. So once they start to stack up, that's when you start to actually really think about printing the slip. And then mm-hmm. when I go to my odd screen and I personally say, hey, I would take this at minus three, and then I see a book that has it at minus two one ten. And then I may even see another book that has it at minus three one ten. I'm trying to snatch up that minus two one ten as fast as I can if I get to the point where I really want to press uh confirm on that slip. That that's kind of the trajectory. The trend piques my interest. I do a little more digging. The 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 numbers and the analytics and the conversations I, I'm having, the power ratings are starting to line up with with my spot intuition. In general, then we're starting to get closer to actually printing the slip. And then if I could go find a price where there's a book maybe lagging behind the market, I'll try to get that number. Last thing before we get out of here, I'll talk about live betting real quick. Uh, The biggest thing here is this is a game of runs. Okay. And that's an axiom that is boring and cliche, but God, it's true. I cannot tell you how many times that I've had a game on while I'm making dinner and my wife will walk through and she'll be like, Jeez, this game's over. And like, I'm just like chopping onions and I'll be like, it's going to be tied at half. And she's like, they're down 25. And I'm like, they're going to be tied at half. And then like at halftime, they're down like five. And she's like, what is this sport that you pay attention to? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, um, the biggest thing is when a team gets out to a, an outlier run, if it's 20 to two, yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to bet it every time, right? If it's like, if it's a tank spot, no. Right. If it's like Rockets versus Bucks in March, probably not, because the Rockets may very well be like, don't mm-hmm. really want to get back into this. But early in the season, yeah, I'm probably going to look Rockets on the on the lifeline. I'm probably going to look Rockets on the money line because we've seen too often these games kind of get there and these games come back and those kind of those situations be there as an opportunity. I, I think that there is it's not automatic. And there are look, there's been data done. And I've I looked at the study a couple of years ago that if a line inverts in the second quarter, not first, second. So if it's Nuggets versus Suns and it's minus four uh, pregame, and then Suns are minus four based on the line in the second, there's pretty mm-hmm. good value on the on the Suns actually there. But early on, and look, you're gonna you're gonna pay for it, right? It's gonna be hard, especially I'll say this: getting favorites when they're down, real tough. The books are never gonna help you out. Like they're too mm-hmm. angry at that power rating, right? But you can go the other way with dogs, and sometimes be able to find a little bit of value. Um, Jay, I'm not sure how much live betting you do, but do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll tell you this. Uh, I've realized this over the, especially last season, where it's just I, I notice a different mindset of the players. If a team gets up twenty twenty five, I don't care if it is the Bucks versus Rockets. You want to live bet the team that's down. What's going to happen in the fourth quarter? They're going to take their starters out. They're going to play all the bench guys. They they know that they're going to win the game. I mean, the Bucks could be laying eleven and a half, and they might not cover the game. Right? We've seen it too many times. So my one thing on this, I, I like to keep it pretty simple and stay with what works. If a team gets up twenty twenty five. 
five. I don't care who it is, um, especially like uh, especially if it whether if it's the dog or the favorite. I want to take the points on the live line. Whether you want to just wait until the fourth quarter or you take it at halftime, but um, nine times out of ten, like literally, I'd say maybe eight times out of ten, that team is going to come back and get it within less than uh, twenty. And I just want to say one thing on the trends. I'm a real big fan of what makes sense. Um, I like to do all of my work first, and then I'll look at trends. But if teams are zero and five against the spread on the back to back, or zero and five against the spread the last five in Utah, we're really team related. Those are the type of things that I like to uh, that I like to look at that make that gives me more confidence. Uh, I'm a fan of what makes sense. So those trends that make sense when I already like a play, it just gives me even more confidence. But yeah, if a team is down 20, 25, you definitely want to live bet the dog. Sean, you got thoughts on live betting? Couple things here. Number one, what Matt said is that the books are going to be anchored to the power ratings. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is that the algorithm, the live market is so fast that the algorithm is tied to the power rating. So if you're watching the game, believe your eyes in a lot of these spots. Also, another thing, to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, you want to know how you'll know how a team will respond being down 20 in the second quarter because Mm -hmm. you've watched their last five games. That's how (laughs) you'll know. You'll know how they'll respond because I literally just saw this scenario last week and I saw how they responded. I saw the rotations. I saw what they typically do and and respond in these type of spots. That's where Mm -hmm. the live market gets really interesting. If you're tapped in and watching it on a day-to-day basis, you know what the spread was coming into the game. You know how they react on the road. That's when you can make some money. And also that human element of you're sitting there watching the game and can determine. Lastly, it's getting more and more difficult, especially in basketball, in free-flowing situations to get an up-to-date actual live bet. Wait for breaks. Wait for mm-hmm. for stoppages in games because there's there's, there's going to flat out be spots as we move to more YouTube TV and things like that where it's going to be a delay. You're going to be a possession, two possessions behind. You don't you're betting a number that you don't even know the score to the game. So be careful in those spots. Other option, go to the game. That's always an yeah. opportunity to get ahead yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last <laughs> thing here, I want to talk about, and, and then we'll kind of head out on this is. Uh, the course of the season. So as it is with pretty much any, any sport, you have the preseason power ratings that the books are going to be kind of tied to just the same way they are tied to the pregame lines. That's going to shift as the season gets on and they get more data. There are teams that they're resistant to that will continue to outperform ATS expectations. And we'll talk about those on buckets, but you should know that the lines get sharper. Like it gets, I think a lot tougher after all-star. I think even once we get to late January, that's when I start to see like, this shit gets hard um, because they've caught up to a lot of it. They have a big enough sample to start adjusting teams. Also there's variants there. They're exhausted. They're injured a lot more wonkiness once we get pa- get past January 15th or so. So my suggestion would be be nimble. Don't, don't be so tied to like, well, I've been betting them all year in the spot and it's been great. Reevaluate, be careful. If you're like, well, I've, you know, it's hit for me 60% this year, but it's lost four of the last five be cognizant that those numbers are catching up and don't flip, but be nimble in your approach because things get way tougher. And I'd also just say like, honestly, your be discerning has been a, a theme of this podcast It's fine reasons why you need to walk away. 
up that once we get past January 15th. Once we get past January 15th, you want to bet NBA nightly, find the spots that you love and be attached mm-hmm. to them because it gets a lot harder as the season goes on. That's going to wrap it up for Bucket. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday. We'll be back next week as we continue our how-to series. My thanks to J Money is Money. You can find him on Twitter at J Money is Money and Sean Little. You can find him on Twitter at Chicago Flow. They're both in the Action Network app. We'll be back next week with more episodes. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, and our awesome video team for putting this up on YouTube. Make sure to go to youtube.com slash action network. Turn on subscribes. Hit the like button. Do that for us. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll see you again. And while we're waiting, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.